Hello and welcome to Million Dollar Monday. I'm your host, Greg Mazzello, bringing you real successful people with real useful advice for people with big dreams. I understand big dreams. I turned an investment of $200 and a lot of great advice from some really successful people into my big dream, Proforma, that today is a half billion dollar company. Well, hello and welcome. Today we have a lifesaver, a life-saving person who started a life-saving company who has already saved at least 200 lives and maybe many more. He has started two businesses, exited one, and now his business that he's still in is also his passion for saving lives, a business called Life Back, where he is the founder and CEO. Join me in welcoming Arthur Lee. Arthur, thanks for joining us. You know, I, uh, uh, you're welcome. And I'm super grateful to have me on. And, uh, you know, like you said, I hope we inspire others and, you know, get the message out there and save some lives. So it's a twofold and what you do is great. And I thank you. Let's start at the beginning. Where did you learn your interest in business and your passion for owning your own business? And get us up to through the, the, that story about starting your first business, which is kind of unrelated to life act. Well, you know, growing up, I was kind of like Spanky and the Little Rascals. Like, I was always organizing my team and, you know, I had a fort. And I would always, so I guess I was kind of always inclined to creating my own uh, entity, you know. And then uh, in high school and college, I worked at a freight company and really learned from, you know, the ground up. And over time, I went into sales and started to understand, you know, the finance and said, man, we could do this ourselves. So, that kind of pushed me into my first go round as an entrepreneur. I had a friend and a partner who was awesome. And uh, we always said we were words of music and I would go get the business and he'd figure out how to get it done. And we were successful. And I was fortunate enough to build that up and, uh, and have an exit strategy and, and sell it. Yeah. Tell us a little bit. What was that business? What did it do? Well, it was it evolved. It started as a trucking company, then an air freight company, and then uh, you know the term nowadays we were a logistics company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big word, hard to explain what it is because it covers a lot of different ground. No pun intended. <laughs> so, all right. So, how many years did you run that business before you had your first exit? Uh, I think we had that business for eighteen years. So, okay. So you were working for somebody else, basically doing the business or some piece of the business, just so that our, our listeners who are aspiring entrepreneurs to sort of understand, how do you go from working for somebody else in that business to starting your own business in that business? How do you go from the idea, the thought, and the conversation to that first day of being in business? Well, I think for me, it was learning the business inside and out, you know, starting at 17, driving the truck, I knew every aspect of the business. And when you get into the sales side and you start seeing the uh, revenue numbers and I don't know, for me, I just got an inkling. I said, we could do this ourselves, you know, that we, you know, and you, you get frustrated with other people's decisions that you don't necessarily agree with that you think you could do better, you know, if you had the freedom to make those decisions. And uh, then you got the leap of faith moment where you say, yeah. I, I can do it. I'm going for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
sometimes for people that are going to do that, like leave where they're working and go into the same business, a very difficult moment is going and telling the boss that you're leaving and what you're going to do. How'd that go? Yeah, my wife was uh, pretty scared. Oh, wait, the boss. Um, yeah, the boss was a problem. Oh, the other boss. <laughs> <laughs> the boss was a yeah. problem, too. Because, uh, you know, and I had been there a long time, and I liked them very much. And, uh, you know, it went well. I stayed friends with them my whole life. Um, I would have lunch with the owner of the company that I grew up with. And, you know, we even talked about coming back together and, and merging back with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be hostile. Um they kind of knew that I was the kind of guy that had to do something, you know, and they, they, there was some understanding, you know, and uh, it was, it was scary and it was exciting, you know? Right, right, right. And you built that business up to $20 million or more. Yeah. We, yeah. we at the time we were successful and made a, made a good business. And, you know, my dream had been to retire uh, and, I, I enjoy carpentry, build boats, and uh, become a good golfer. Those were my goals. All right. All right. So you, you built a successful $20 million business. Uh, you exit that business. You're able to stay friends with your former boss that taught you the business to some degree, which is admirable in and of itself. All right. Now it's time to retire and do your woodworking and golfing. It's somehow... That whole thing got interrupted uh, by learning about uh, the death of a child. Tell us that story. Um, what was the incident that happened that gave you the idea for life back? Well, I, uh, my buddy's mom was having a procedure in the hospital, and I just went to keep him company. We were sitting next to each other, and he pointed over to steel, one of those steel, stainless steel gurneys, and he said, the last time I was here, there was a seven-year-old on that gurney. And he explained the sound and the parents wailing. And he said the child had choked to death. My oh, daughter was seven. I envisioned her on the gurney. And I said, you know, what are you talking about? We're in the hospital. Why couldn't they get it out? Didn't they do the, you know, the chest compressions and the back blows? And he explained how nothing worked. And the two thoughts in my head were, how hard could it be to get something out of a stuck pipe? And I'm not letting that happen to my daughter. No okay. matter what, I got to figure it out. So my initial thrust was to be able to save my daughter, you know? And once I did that, I, I prayed for strength because I didn't want to do this again, but how could I be the only guy that could save his kid and then read about a child that died and me knowing that I have something that could have saved them. So much as I wasn't thrilled with the idea of going back and starting from scratch right. the garage, I, uh, there was a moral obligation to do it. And I'm yeah. grateful that I did. So how do you go from hearing about a, a boy about your daughter's age, dying from choking, worried about your own daughter? How do you develop the actual solution? What the product is of life back? Well, what, one of the things I think is really awesome now is the availability of information, right? I started researching what's the force, how often, I mean, I was amazed that it's 5,000 people a year. It's a kid every five days. You know, that motivated me to move quicker. But you were able to, I was able to find the forces that are generated by the abdominal thrust. So I knew what I was dealing with. And then I just persevered to make something really simple, right? I'm just a dad. I'm going to be freaking out. So it was a combination of the ability to get information, 
often forces, uh, situations, objects, uh, studies, and then, uh, you know, tinkering. You know, I'm a, I'm a garage, I'm a baby boomer. You know, we fix our cars, we, we, you know, we put up our own walls. So I just went in my shop and, and started tinkering. Right, 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 right. And how does the product that you came up with help dislodge uh, the item uh, that's stuck? Well, it's just a really simple sink plunger, right? And when you push it down, the vent system allows that air to go outside so it doesn't push it further in. And then there's a bowl valve because that'll never fail or rot. So it locks. And if you heard that pop, that'll pop it out. And it just, it'll clear your nose too. But <laughs> it, will, uh, it will remove the object that's yeah. stuck with that burst of suction. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you come up with the product, but it's still like, okay, now you've got a product, but you don't have a business till you start having people that are aware of the product or interested in the product want to buy the product. So how do you go from inventing that product? By the way, is it patented? It is. Yeah. 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 Congratulations on that. How do you go from this idea and a patented product to starting creating awareness for the product and start getting some customers? Well, <laughs> it was virtually impossible. It still is. The challenge you face when you do this, it's a medical product. So the first thing I had to do is every form of conceivable testing. Um, we did force, uh, force in, force out, mannequin studies, another mannequin child study, cadaver study. And then uh, those have to get published Um and at the same time, like you, you know, I had to figure out how to mass produce this thing. Uh, it's quite a bit of, of time and money. Um, like I said, if it wasn't for the life-saving part of this, I, I wasn't doing it. Um, but once that all came together, you're right. Now we got to get the word out there and a lot of skepticism. Uh, but it was a lot of grassroots, you know, no one's, no one came running in to say, Oh yeah, I'm going to support this sink plunger. That's going to be used to save a life. Right. So it was a lot of uh, perseverance. Yeah. 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 How do you even get the story out to get the first 10 or 20 customers? How do you, how do you tell that story? Who oh, do you tell it to? You know, I, uh, I did the old school, put it in my car and go to fire departments and police departments and friends. Got it. Okay. You know, the, the cool thing, too, about technology, which I'm not a huge fan of, but we were able to get the word out on social media, you know. So initially, I just put it on my page, you know, and, and started talking about it and demonstrating it. And, you know, once the miracle of our first save came, we, we took a, a big step towards that skepticism, you know. So from the first idea to do it, to having something created that was both producible in mass and uh, uh, approved to go to market. How long did that part take before you even had something to go sell? I was probably like eight months. We probably made like 60 different versions. Um, my dad was in the space program and uh, liability on the moon. And uh, so he taught me a lot about ethics and reliability so my goal was to make it uh, last forever, uh, not fail, have no method of failing, and uh, be simple to use. So 
So mm-hmm. with that criteria, it took a little longer because I didn't just slap a valve in it and say, oh, we're good to go. We designed the valve and that took you know a lot of inclinations to get something that I felt would always work, not ever clog and not rot or deteriorate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much does it cost to buy one, by the way? Was that? Oh, 69 bucks. Uh, yeah. And it's available, is it lifeback.com? It's uh, lifeback.net. Uh, $69 covers your whole family. It comes with children and adult mask. Um, lasts forever. Uh, we give you practice mask so you can get comfortable with it, which I encourage people to do. There's training online. It's free. And, uh, you know, the, the blessing to persevering for something so simple. Oh, my God. Thank you. Push and pull. We've had many parents that never looked at it, threw it in their closet, pulled it out, and were able to save a child. And that was a foundation of one of my key elements, that it was so simple. If you never saw it before, oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And it's amazing. Talk to us about some of the frightening, I had no clue, statistics around choking, the number of deaths, somebody dies every so many days can you run down run down some of those statistics for us you know that like i said right uh, that night that i came home from the hospital i started this research it really scared me it's five thousand plus people a year choke to death it's the fourth leading cause of accidental death uh, under car accidents poisonings and slips and falls and uh one child dies every five days that's recorded you know mm-hmm. leading cause of accidental death in our schools um, the, the, the perception is it's a freak accident, but at 18 times a day, it's not, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And since it's so common, it really doesn't raise the level when it happens, right? Someone yeah, slips yeah. and falls, it's not news. So sadly, yeah, yeah. commonality has been part of the problem of awareness. Yeah. But choking to death isn't the only issue. There's some other amazing statistics about how time is of the essence. Talk to us a little bit about maybe somebody doesn't die, but how long does it take for brain damage uh, and maybe brain death? Yeah, that that's sadly a good point. You know, the, the statistic is like you got four minutes uh, on the outside. Sometimes children, especially with cold, can make it 10 minutes. Um, the average first responder time in the U.S. is seven minutes. Um, you know, we've been blessed that a lot of police officers are now carrying them because they tend to get to the scene quicker. And, uh, you know, we've had a couple of those heroes save lives. But the problem is, you you know, your house on fire, you can run out, let your house burn, right? You know, God forbid you had a heart attack. You can sustain life with CPR. If you have no air, it's four to ten minutes and you're gone. And like you said, sadly, you, get, you can get paralysis and you can get brain damage and all sorts of uh, really horrible uh, outcomes of no And it's not just food, you know, um, as I was doing a little research, getting ready to chat, it's a lot of other items. Tell our, tell our viewers, what are some of the other items? 40%, I think it was, is food related. What are the other items that account for almost 60% of the choking incidents? Well, what's wild is through doing this and we, you know, we, take very detailed records of the save when we are fortunate enough to know about it. Um, the variety of things. We had two children choke on leaf 
they found a leaf in the yard and choked on it. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of food, but uh, pieces of plastic, a Lego, a coin, um, you know, every kind of food, a clove of garlic, very you know, diverse uh, circumstances. And it shows you how it can happen in an instant and it can happen on anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So behind you, it looks like there's a map and a bunch of pictures. You want to this tell one, us about that? This is our Hall of Saves. Let's see. Wow. All the lives that we've saved, pictures of them. And this wow. is yeah, this is my sanctuary, like when Superman went to that fortress of solitude. When you walk in here and you see all these lives, regardless of how tired or or how much you want to give up, you just look at a couple of these faces and these little kids and you keep going. Yeah. Just one of them. I mean, I can see some of them, even though they're a little smaller, how much that must brighten your day just to look at that and say that somehow you played a huge role in saving that life and those lives. And the map, what does the map tell us? Uh, we, we just chart all the saves. With the ah, okay. And, uh, so, you know, I got it. Of, it's kind of heartwarming to watch it continue to uh, color it, you know, and yeah. get them. And I've been blessed to meet a couple of the children that we've saved. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And the gratitude and the uh, gentle uh, love that you feel in that moment is something I wish everyone could experience, you know, yeah. the heroes are the parents and the EMTs and the EMS and the police and the elder caregivers and the grandparents. Those are the heroes. And, it's just neat that I gave him a tool to be that hero and get to hold a kid and look around and say, you just dodged that bullet. So I see some pictures of on the wall. I could barely make them out, but it looks like some of them aren't kids. So this isn't just a kid's issue. No, I mean, I guess that's the passion because it started there, but yeah, we, it's probably um, it, we're about 80 kids and probably uh, 200 of the elderly. You know, and then all ages in between. Right, right. Fortunately, you know, someone in the 20 to, you know, say 55 area is pretty safe. You know, your, your air pipe's good. Your lungs are good. It can happen. It has happened. But the majority of choking deaths are children and the elderly. And got it. Particularly if there's some form of neurological condition, MS, Parkinson's, Down syndrome, uh, the risk goes much higher. Got it. If someone's in a wheelchair and they don't have a life act, there's very low chance of them surviving because you can't get your arms around them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. So much to think about. Well, you know, you've been successful. Really two big bites of success in your life. One big bite was starting your own business and successfully selling that $20 million business and being in a position to retire but also being in a position to create a product and a solution that's saving hundreds of lives. And now you're running that business and in the pursuit of continuously saving more lives, what big dreams do you have now for the business and your life? Well, you know, it's a, uh, I think if you're an entrepreneur and you go down the path, don't be too confident, you know, where you're going to wind up. Um, right. You know, the success has been, beyond my wildest dreams. And this, this time it was all about uh, saving a life. And, you know, 
the gifts of being able to meet the parents and see the kids. My goal is a million lives saved before they dig my hole. And that would be, that would be a life accomplishment. And it's kind of not the business anymore. You know, I was blessed yeah. to do that. You know, this is, uh, this is kind yeah. of, you gotta have that challenge, right? Yeah. So I'll put a million out there. If I'm kicking and screaming at 85 at 999,000, good for me. <laughs> good for <laughs> Good for you and good for the 990,000. Arthur, you're a real inspiration. You're truly an entrepreneur and not only an entrepreneur, but a wonderful lifesaver and a gift to so many. Thank you, Arthur, for your time and thank you for all you're doing to save lives. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me on and thanks for your show, man. Keep keep raising the spirits and, and keep pushing. Thank you very much.